Hey y'all, my name is Corey and I'm here with my wife Shauna. We are the hosts of the Us First That podcast. Join the conversation. God really say that? We are jumping right into Genesis. We were kind of working through this this morning, and it just felt like maybe this was a discussion that others might like to listen in on, or I don't know. It just felt yeah. Typically, heavy. if we if if we start down the Bible and something really is speaking to us in that in that section we always walk away from that like man I wish we could listen back yeah or you know I I wonder what it sounds cheesy but like I wonder what I would hear from listening to me again you know it's funny like listening to it we also like never listen to ourselves yeah it's hard well yeah that's the piece I'm still like it's hard I'm I'm working on trying not to like judge myself and I'm trying to judge myself in small increments. <laughs> you know, so like listening back mm-hmm. to things right it's now is ju- it's just not where I'm at. Yeah. You know, I I really still feel I'm in pieces of like just consciously rebuilding a new a new experience, a, a new thing, you know. Yeah, the the Bible would call that new wineskin. So the old wineskin won't fit with the new wineskin. And you have to, I I feel that's where I'm at right now. And when it comes to listening back, I I think I've nitpicked myself (laughs) long enough. You know, like at this point, I, I can't, once it's said, it's kind of said, you know, of course we can like, if there are things that we've gotten wrong, I'm absolutely happy to do that. You know what I mean? That's not that's not what it's about. It's me nitpicking myself and my voice and my just the insecurities that I have. Are there any yeah. things that you can like honestly change? You don't have to say what they are, but like saying it like, uh, how do you want me to change my voice? If I don't like how I think I sound over the mic, like how am I supposed to go back in and I get it. You can kind of change your speaking to an extent but then you know well I do think there's different the way you hold your body matters I think the way you where the voice comes from is important like is the voice coming from your throat like right now the voice is coming through my throat and it feels very nasally but what does it sound like if that voice comes through the belly you know it's a it's a much maybe not as strong because I was further away from the mic but it, it is a much stronger voice okay so i do think there's how you hold and how you present yourself and hold yourself in this world is also gonna 
allow you to carry that different yeah weight. yeah posture is very important and i think for me i subconsciously like just became unaware of my posture um i try i've always tried to be very aware because i've been like really rough on it you know i've i've done a lot just the w- the work from a kid or the the sports from a kid it was all about posture like yeah. a powerful hockey skater is it's about your posture and i truly believe to like have the confidence to move at certain speeds that humans do during sports like all those sports are about posture and control and quickness of reaction and just you know they they train it into that's like a, a that's what makes them like beautifully special too mm-hmm. like they took that and like ran with the idea of how can I perfect my posture to maximize my human potential. Ooh, human potential. Yeah, <laughs> right? Because isn't that what you're, like, really trying to get to? Like, what is my what is my potential in, in ultimate pursuit? I think of, like, the free solo climber guys. Those guys are gnarly. They're gnarly. That is a different level of being connected with your existence you know and like those people walk among us you know there's something there's something to listening to these guys there's something to listening to people that just connect back in that I don't know that's like that's the tightest of tight wires in my mind like uh, oh it's terrifying Mm, so you think that they are searching for their highest human potential man i'd see i don't even know if it's like a search i'd I'd, at a certain point like it's there's no room for like doubt Mm. you know i don't think it's searching i think it's like walking hand in hand with their pursuit of something you know like that ultimate flow state that that i don't know so do do you experience doubt on your way to walking if you don't have it how do you experience it that's what i'm asking because i definitely have it oh so i think there's the the part of me i can't listen to myself back recorded talking about this right on my best of days when i think about myself and Mm -hmm. i recognize that and like it's it's I have to like remind myself I don't talk about myself that way. Mm. You know, so I I think we're all in completely different spots, but th- there's people that their 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 pursuit, their thing that drives meaning in their life is it's it's different brain chemistry. It's a different connection with whatever you're doing. Like, there's some things that are just, like, absolutely heightened. Mm. You know, like, these dudes, these dudes are relying on their fingernail not breaking. Hanging on by stuff. Like, the amount, the points of contact that these guys are hanging on to for their very life above, I don't know, a few stories is absolutely incredible you know and there's no doubt in body posture in that 
there's no doubt in how you walk amongst the world. And like they in in society they might seem awkward or savanty. You know, there's just something you you see them. You see people that have like an absolute pursuit. It's they walk different. Mm. An absolute pursuit. I like that. Yeah, an do. absolute pursuit. What? What is that? Absolute pursuit. The the problem was or is I would like describe it as like to know. Mm. But then it's to know what. <laughs> okay. And well then I'd and then I'd I would try to describe a feeling that, you know, to be honest with you, I've only experienced in probably minor small doses and it wasn't because of myself. Like I didn't do it independently of other things. Elaborate. Taking mushrooms. That was that that was a piece of that. Mm. Trying to this a feeling of absolute knowing and then whatever your idea of what to know is. To know what? Mm, what is knowing? Right. Well, we talked about this on the last episode about convictions though. Like convictions being so sure that they provide a deep knowing like that's how I experience my convictions is a deep knowing but I don't know if I would I, I, I can't remember a time like or there's not that much I've had a deep knowing about except for these convictions it, like sure. if that makes sense so right. like I feel that didn't a deep knowing didn't come in until I mean, I, <laughs> I was, I'm like hard. It's hard to find the language for the concept I'm R trying to. Right, and that, that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get at. Is the only way as humans that we can communicate our knowing is how we manifest it into a shared reality. So it's going to come out in written language, right? How we speak and how we communicate. And then what? Sight? Sight and sound? That's how we could like make it manifested in our reality. So th to, to pursue something with like knowing and it's like how do you make it a part of this then? Like how do you share what you you know? It's It's a no but like we don't have the Okay, well, what's the opposite of no? Knowing, what's the opposite of that? To not know. N to not know. So what is? what are you not knowing? Because, okay, so in Genesis, and I, I pointed this out, and I was trying to understand the language in this, because it says Adam knew his wife. And then later it says Adam knew his wife again. Okay, so what is that? What does that mean? Adam knew his wife. Well, 
I would say standing here as your wife, if it said Corey knew his wife, I would say he knows me now. Because now I feel, I feel like you know who I am now. That I'm not sure I would have, if I, if even a year ago, even two years ago, if it would have said Corey knew his wife. I don't know if I would have believed that. You know, I don't know if I would have believed that you knew me fully. So the fact that we just were talking about what is knowing, well, mm. not knowing. So Adam knew his wife. He knew her intimately and deeply and in a committed, a, a committed portion of that relationship. And I think a knowing of God together. So Adam knew his wife, and then Adam knew his wife again. And then also later, it says Cain knew his wife, which was then Adam and Eve's son. So they knew their wife as maybe the most authentic her that was because of the relationship with God. most authentic her there was <laughs> because of their relationship of God. I'm going to have to sit and like wow the most authentic her there was because of their shared belief no of the relationship with God of their relationship with God (coughs) it definitely changes things (laughs) it's just like an interesting word to use because Adam knew his wife out of any context is of course he knew his wife (laughs) right like but throwing it into this context and this question of well, what is knowing and the only way we can uh, truly understand knowing is also the understanding of not knowing and I think also there's a huge transformation that comes from the knowing the, the sharing in this together is a very different thing than we've ever experienced and we've been together a long time we've had a lot of life together so I think there's there is a contrast and the word is standing out to me because again I don't know if I would a few years ago if I would have believed that does love elevate the belief or does the belief elevate the love Um, I think the presence of love is what is also knowing because just like on the last episode too Mm. like I felt loved by you by acknowledging by you acknowledging where you felt maybe you didn't show up as as authentic as you would have liked so same thing it's like the most authentic you wasn't there then because it didn't have a the the relationship at that point didn't have that relationship with god so that authenticity, that part of you that was like, oh, I wish I would have done that. 
mm. the one of me that I, I wanted to be this person, but I chose differently in that moment. But that's what I really wanted. That version of you is the most authentic you, even if you weren't embodying it in that now moment. It was still there. You just chose a different choice. Right, and then right, you right. have the, f the reflect, you have the ability to reflect on it and say, but I would have. And I think that is the knowingness of God. When you know God that way, like I, c I feel like I, I am just not that person that I was before. I'm just no longer that person. I am new. I feel new. I feel I, I feel new in all of my ways. So it's like I'm not trying to go back and judge that version of me. It's just seeing in what ways I was then out of alignment and what I wasn't what I wasn't being honest with God about truly at that point. So that idea of knowing we have to know and I think comes from unknowing as well they they both get to have their weight and experience and okay so I back to I, <laughs> I think the love and belief kind of like rotate back and forth it, it really like fluctuates mm. No, kind of like one of those stair stepper things like it just gives you that kind of motion where like mm. you you get that foot up and then it like slowly pressurizes down as the other one is kind of like mechanically lifted up but not mechanically but it, it's that feel where it just like shoots your leg up you're like why and then it's like the slowly pressure down and it just like keeps on going and, and it's this constant like work reward aspect right Mm. And like I believe about that, I believe that in like love, and I I believe it like absolutely elevates with hard work, and dedication and sacrifice, and you know it's it says so in like it it it's it's that feeling you can't like I would say you can't like deny it like it just says so in its own action of making like a commitment to be better and then thinking about what that looks like and then like performing that. Mm. But yeah, I, I'm trying to get this like, maybe that wasn't exactly stated right. The love elevates the belief, mm. and the belief, I don't want to say, the, the belief is just like the... Is it the belief grows in love? Or grows with nah, it? Th like, the, the belief is like the roots of the tree into the ground, right? Okay. And all the branches that come off of it that elevate it towards the sun and then another one grows and elevates it towards the sun and it and it as it draws from the ground, it draws from earth, it draws from God, 
you know that's where it's we're rooted into as it draws from that each elevated branch and every growth towards the sun just elevates the whole thing mm. like as god pours in consistently always no matter what so is that like there's always you know, growth, but then when growth, there's, there's seasons, you know, there's, there's seasons of change. There's seasons of hardship for, for plants. Like, and Wisconsin's beautiful for this because like, it's, it's, it shows you, it reminds you of what, you know, weather is like and what harsh weather is like and what hard times can look like. And then it can also be like the best of places in the summer. I think love has that. I think relationships have that. You know, belief has that. Mm. And if you recognize it, you can kind of like know that sometimes you got to take that deep breath and swim underwater. And you got to like be willing to struggle to that almost pass out. And then like you see the doors closing, but then you're good. Like I think there is that. You have to understand that part of you. But I think like that that plays itself out into like extremely loving situations as well because like there's there's that also like that willingness to to come through for your person. And I think that willingness to come through is also the heart of Jesus, right? Like when when you're in this right, relationship. Right, yeah, right. This is all predicated on like also always having Jesus right behind me. Right. And and, and that is a that is the key fact. That is the grounding rod of us. Yeah. Because we always have a third person that reigns supreme in our world. It's and I think because of that, it also allows some some of our human experience and emotion to kind of, oh, silly human, you know, like, oh, I was just being a silly human in that moment and having a human experience. It makes the apologies come like, yeah, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, I don't want to say it. But also. It's like the it's what needs to be done, like facing it, facing that challenge of being wrong. Mm. you know yeah and being able to i think admit that (laughs) i think that has been my lesson over the many many years in arguments is like i remember just just feeling like the road has made me have to take ownership of my own self in so many ways and specifically in these arguments that we have I've, i would just sit and blame you sorry i just went i went down a really crazy mind track in my, i was having a conversation in my mind also said it out loud dude no i didn't the conversation was trying to take me to a story that i didn't feel was a nice way of speaking about myself and i felt like i literally just was choosing different in the moment but was having to like try to keep that sentence going if that makes sense. Mm. Let me restart this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what were we saying? 
Um, okay, so in our the lesson from the road for me is having to not blame. I was such I was at such in victim mode, specifically with you. Like probably with the whole world and that's fine. But it was the most with you, so it's also like the lesson that I think is it, it noticing it within our relationship is the bigger part of the problem. Right? Because I feel like all the other parts of my life they're just kind of like backlashing because of this problem because i'm fighting you on this one thing over and over and over again so like the, so it's playing the, out the energy how it manifests in other parts stems from or could be stemming from this is like the big clash is how yes but or also this is affecting all those other places is what i'm trying to mm. get at um being the victim in our relationship and truly not feeling like you were hearing or listening and then just feeling like I just banged my head on a wall for however many years because we just were not able to I, I the the taking 50% rule was really challenging for me and now I think I'm probably at this 100% rule that it's you're having experience I'm having experience and what is it here for me to learn <laughs> you know like I don't need to also know what it's doing for your experience because i think that's how i would sort of see life so you it was easier for me to f try to understand you than to try to understand me sure i think it's like a an understanding of the individual yeah yeah i mean i think I think my understanding of women comes from, I, I don't know, I just feel like I have this, I didn't want you to tell me what to do. I didn't, I wanted your help. I, <laughs> I was so afraid of asking for what I needed because I didn't even know what I needed. And I think a lot of women experience that. And we just grow frustrated and then we grow more and more frustrated with our emotions because now they're just chaotic and everywhere and we can't understand what they are. And then, and then they come out in our relationships specifically with our partners, you know, and if you're not getting the support you need or the, you're not able to articulate or communicate what you need, your partner also isn't going to be able to get what you need. And I think that's another thing that has shifted for us is I, I had to be able to understand my own needs enough to know what they were, one, for me, number two, to be able to ask you for them, and then number three, to be able to hold myself back from reacting when you didn't do them. Because now we had had a conversation and it was very clear of, okay, Corey, I've said I need this from you. I know that you now know that I need it and I'm coming back with a gentle reminder with as much love and kindness as I can give you that I need this and so I think there's like again it's the noticing your own 
part in that. And then also learning the patience and the compassion and understanding that comes from dealing with someone that is a completely different person than you. No matter what, it's just is a different person. They're having a different experience. They don't know your experience. They don't know your feelings and they aren't going to mind read. <laughs> you <Yet>. know? Yet. <laughs> Yet. Yeah, because now Folks we just... are working on yeah. it. <laughs> now I just like look you in the eye. I'm like, ooh, get out of my brain. <laughs> Stop knowing things. <laughs> uh, okay, so I want to go back to what you said about the tree. You mentioned the tree and the roots, and I had... You just brushed over so many sorry, important... Okay. No, no, we'll, we'll jump right back to the tree, but I want you to know that was like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Thank you for the patience. You know? And I can, I can recognize um, where patience is running thin with people around me because of that because you've shared openly with me and like we've talked about that and we've tried to really change that and I've really tried to notice that it's like oh man if she says something you best get working on it because the the last straw of when I notice golly (laughs) like that means I just I didn't notice fast enough and it definitely wasn't fast enough again and not fast enough again if every argument like just continues to I, that's what hits home for me it's like man you gotta see it sooner see the signal sooner watch pick your damn head up what do you think it was what do i think it is, <laughs> it is. <laughs> like I d- sure. I d- i'm different I definitely know I'm not, there's a lot of like room for growth for me there. I don't know. Sometimes I'm just in my own world. It's easier that way sometimes. Yeah. So I get that. For sure. And it's, and it's hard and it's hard when I notice it because it's like, oh, that, that wasn't great. That wasn't good, buddy. You know, and for me, I, again, like before, I said it earlier, I should say, my negative self-talk is important for my mental status. Like where that at is, I find is a very, very good um, predictor that things are off in my life. You know, either I need to get more sun, I need to get water, I need to have some form of like human interaction away from my wife. I need to spend more time in the Bible. I need to meditate. I need to do yoga. Like all the things that I truly know and love that can take my anxiety and ground it in different ways. Or again, my, what I would say would be forms of depression, pieces of depression. I don't, I don't know what that, that looks like. I don't, I don't even know the language of it. I would say my mental health. I think that I feel depressed, but I I also f- don't feel it when I focus on not feeling that and choosing everything else that I don't, you know, really taking control of my own stuff. 
Mm. Yeah, taking control. That's uh, interesting. It puts me in my own world. And then there's like a fine balance. Because if not, then I just, I'm in my own world. And it's, e- and it's easy for me to stay there. easy it's hard to get out and play and you just go eat the best i the best descriptor i have for it now like looking back is it's like being embarrassed as a kid and then like not wanting to go play again like that that piece like getting made fun of mm. getting picked on like i'm i feel more bad that i probably part i i was on the other side of it or i thought you know, like i don't know i don't i really don't know i'm really trying to be careful of like even the stories i will tell myself when i'm feeling an emotion because i don't want to like build a false story mm. that didn't happen that way you know, mm, a false. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want the false narrative that like makes me not feel okay inside. You know, because those are, th- and these are just the only ways I know how to like describe feelings. Uh, I, I haven't, I don't know how to embody that word or that a feeling like sadness out. Mm. You don't know how to embody well, sadness. I d- sorry, I no, that's not true. I I do, but I I see how it like collects power in everything else around me. Gotcha. So yeah, like yeah. noticing the tears early or letting myself cry early is great. I you would. Know, and it, and, it sh- and it's like showing up to the the argument, not the argument, but knowing that you said you needed something and don't wait for like the tenth reminder. Do it on like the fifth. Mm at least but like do you think you're do you think you're going deep enough for that to actually allow yourself to move through it and like it's so i don't hardly even like use this language anymore because i do feel like it goes back to like not needing to dig up everything you know not having to like do that anymore because we're on this side of the cross, you know, but also if something's still there, it's still affecting you. Mm-hmm. It's still impacting your relationship with Jesus if it's in the right. way, I, I just but try it's to, knowing I, you have the strength of him now to, to be able to get through it instead of not having him instead of kind of let it, you know, like going to the depths because you're trying to search we're here is like I I'm ready to let this go now could you come help me let it go which is a very different it's a much gentler hand yeah instead of being like pulled and drugged to the well by a scary figure and tossed into the bottom you walk up to the well with like the bestest of friends yeah right like the, the the bestest of friends and then the bestest like the bestest and then you get lowered down 
No, 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 <laughs> no. No, you just no. jumped down. Yeah, you you're walked up to it and you look back and you get that hug. You, you get that kiss on the cheek and then you just mm. turn around and you step in with like the comfort of, of, of like having, having been walked up to that with Jesus. And he's like, yeah, you're, <laughs> don't worry. He's right there. So why wouldn't you go with? Because I, I think that we're also, this is like the, the metaphorical pit that we're working through in like this shared space <laughs> right now. You know, like going. I just, I know, but wh- like just noticing that we both have different experiences of that because your experience is that Jesus is dropping you off. My experience is that Jesus is taking a ride with me and we're going down into that pit together. So those are two different interpretations of the, the ah. pit. That's yeah, him. see, he's never he never goes away. Like I just pictured like being at the bottom of the pit, looking up, and he's waving at me. You know, uh, you just went to the bottom and realized it was like two feet deep, and then like you could stand up and you weren't drowning. Hmm. You know, like ah, you made it. You made it out to be a big deal this time, but now like I'm here. We did this. Like hello. Hmm. Yeah, 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 I get that. You know, but it's like having, having the, I think there's something to like having the courage of belief that like he's going to be there when you're down there. So like when I'm down there, when I feel down, like I, yeah, I have to know that, that Jesus is there like looking that visual of you being down in the pit waving at Jesus feels like a lot of space for me. (laughs) So like, that's like, I I hear what you're saying, but that being in that darkness alone is, and not even, and the thing is like, you probably wouldn't say alone because he is there, but that, Having to be by myself down there. That's my call to adventure, like singing through. Being like, I'm willing to be afraid. I think that's what that is. Like, I'm willing to be afraid. (laughs) Wow, yeah. You know, like, your hand in hand, white knuckle gripped. (laughs) Please don't let me go. For sure. And I'm trust falling. (laughs) Wow. That's really interesting. It's just a di- it's a different kid going up to meet Santa, you know. It's a different kid. Like are you the scream cry I don't want a picture or are you like I'm jumping up on that lap? In that scenario, I'm definitely a jump on the lap kind of gal, but I, I was a terrified kid. <laughs> it was a weird, weird situation in the mall <laughs> or the bank. You know, like usually the bank for me. I, I see it now, and I'm like, yeah, I know, I get it, but man, it really scared a kid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So now that I've I've sprinkled my little bit of downy. But Ooh, I, I think let's I think bring her back up because I, this I will verse say, will do it. but that's also probably the realest I've I've exposed my 
depression out loud. What was that face? But, but I, oh, it, it's so hard because I feel, I feel that like comparison syndrome. To other people that are depressed? Well, yeah, but it, it turns into like, yeah, somebody's got it worse than me. Like I cannot, I, I couldn't even manifest, like what does that, what does that look like in my space right now? I'm not in a depressed place. So like, how can I, how can I have that? Why do I have that? Why is that a part of my story? Because I'm not in that. Everything around me doesn't scream like any, like there, we have an abundance of food, drink, like shelter, warmth, like beautiful family. Still carry that feeling sometimes. Do you think it's because there's been a lot of loss here? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How could it not? You know, other places don't carry the same memory weight. Not for me. I feel like I can feel your heart sadness right now. Yeah, it's on the other side of bravery, though. Because, like, it's 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 real. Once you like, once you say it out loud. Yeah, and maybe just sometimes that's all it needs. It's just yeah. a little light showing yeah, for shown sure. on it. For sure. Because, like, that, that really exposed how I, like, went through the my Jesus moment of, like, walking up to the pit. Yeah. You know? Like For sure. And what different Whether it's a trust fall or, like, being <coughs> on the bottom with him and, like... I don't know. That's wild. I think I both... Ha- I haven't really thought about it Both like of that. those perspectives, though, are worth looking at like in your own life like for me I'm willing to look at well (laughs) why do I need him at the bottom you know like it's okay that I want him there but can I try to see it from your place like can I try to see what you're saying about allowing more space and not needing to be free instead of holding on for white knuckled you know because the experience I'm having right now does feel a little white knuckly And so that's cool to kind of play with maybe where you're at currently. I don't think there's like judgment for either. It's just noticing what you notice there. Yeah. And I'd say the important part for me is when I start interacting, when I interact with my space on the good good multiplies Mm. and it has in in my my life if i really go back and and think about that like my good has multiplied good and not in like a pat myself on the back type attitude just like hey man you need to recognize sometimes because the other option to that is not good multiplies good it's bad multiplies bad that leads us right to this verse I've been wanting to read. Oh, John 10.10 really? John 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. 
I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Mm. So I think it speaks exactly to that, you know, this, these emotions that we're experiencing, the, the feelings, like the thief is here to steal, kill, and destroy it all, you know, to help you stay in that pit, to keep you from him. That's, that's literally why he's here. <laughs> mm. And Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly so that you have that belief, those roots, those strong roots, that foundation, and then to have it abundantly, those branches that you were talking about that just keep building and growing from love. That's, that's abundance. So it made me think of that. Mm. Yeah. Love and abundance. My a, a big view shift for me came from a lyric in a Nako song. And it was talking of uh Zen Manifesto. He says we have a need to have like visual aids of our abundance, mm. and and it's really stuck with me. That idea like really really stuck with me. Is like how do I? What do I do? That brings me a sense of purpose. while also making like a what what do what do my visual aids of abundance look like and like I I don't I don't have an answer I I I feel like I am consistently surrounded by abundance even even when we were in places that lacked very very basic things within their community to make it feel safe I was able to find like real abundance in in my space we have had overwhelming abundance yeah we've definitely had to learn to receive though and yeah and things always showed up differently it was always differently it was a different interaction with a stranger that like would completely change the day having a new conversation with somebody always meeting strangers like really interacting in with the world around us but I don't know what my own like visual aid of abundance looks like in my and that makes me like sad because I'm like man I don't have a dream but that's not true
caught up in that. <laughs> For me, it's been a big lesson in receiving, like having to learn to allow other people to provide, hmm. which was very, very hard in so many places. And also there was there were times that it was needed, that it was absolutely needed. But I also would like to be on the other side of that giving because I don't think I've ever really gave that freely because I never really had. You know? And that's just something that I think would would make me feel like it, it's our turn to be able to do that for people you know because we have gotten to receive and we've also been able to provide opportunities to let other people rec- like receive like when we've tried to do stuff a lot of times it wasn't money based it was just time spent or conversations or someone opening up or something um and there, there was a lot of feeling bad about that or, oh, I'm so sorry to put that on you or, I'm, you know, having, having those kind of experiences where it was like, no, receive this love and this time and this commit, you know, like someone, you deserve this. You deserve to have someone hear you and listen, you know, and I think that was also. Yeah, holding space for people to talk. And then listening. It's not always easy to do that. It's definitely not always easy. Yeah. Brings me around to like the very first question. What is good? What is doing good? If someone goes like, hey, how are you doing? Are you doing good? Because, like, if you catch me right now, I'm going to be like, oh, man, I'm in my feels. I had a big conversation with my wife. Like, yeah, I'm doing good. I feel great because, like, yeah, but good. What is good? And mine went right to, like, my, my mental state. But I haven't done anything bad. So am I doing good? Not doing? Doing anything? (laughs) (laughs) No, I would say I'm doing good. And attempting to make good in my space around me. I would agree. No matter what I would trick no matter what my BS would trick me into saying. Okay, so this is the this is where we had started today was Genesis three. Um okay, it says so now the serpent was more subtle than any other wild creature that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, 
Did God say you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So, we have Satan that comes in and instantly adds doubt and confusion just by asking that question. Did God say, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? Like, did not God say that? And the other version we were reading, it said, did God really say that? Sassy. Sassy Satan. (laughs) And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So he's saying, do not eat of this tree. It's in a place you probably shouldn't be going anyway. And in the midst. You know, and you will die. Yep. Yeah. And you will die. So Satan is already trying to get in Eve's head and she says, this is what God has said. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So, Satan literally brings up good and evil to Eve. You will not die, for God just knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open. And you will be like God. Knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Mm. What a story. So. There is so much there. There's so much for sure. But I think going to ha- being able to understand good versus evil also has. Uh, d- we have to go back to this because. I mean... Sounds like it's where it started. It sounds like (laughs) it wasn't even a thing. (laughs) It wasn't a thing. We didn't need it to be a thing. Thanks for letting us know. You know? Dying a millennia. (laughs) Shlubba-da-doo. And then here we... Couple things happen. (laughs) 2022. But... When I read this, like I... I think I really resonate with doubt being put into my mind and heart because I think my relationship pre, I don't even know what I would say, but when I was young, when I was young, that relationship that I had with God, 
didn't have any doubt. I hadn't even like understood doubt. I was like a middle school kid. You know, I, I, I maybe did a little bit, but not like to an intensity that I really think comes from growing up and being a teenager. And then, you know, you add social media and all these other things. I mean, th- th- other this grows, it, it yeah. grows, it grows, it grows heavy. And I think for me, I actually had a lot of um, doubt pile in post-college because it was like, what am I doing with this degree that I have just spent all this money on? <laughs> Like, what is happening? You know, all these, I knew so many people that weren't graduating with as much student loan debt. And like, I just was, I just made a very large mistake is how I felt. But so just saying doubt, doubt can grow and, and manifest in so many ways and times and spaces. It doesn't matter when, but my experience of it is it came in this middle school age, really heavy as I was transitioning from being a kid to a you know, like, get my period. I mean, that is, like, such a shift that, like, you, <laughs> no one's really talking about. So I think there was a lot of doubt for me. So reading this, understanding now be, and being able to reflect back on my experience of however many years, my whole life now, doubt, doubt coming into my life, was a huge, huge, huge wedge in my relationship with God, for sure. So when I read this and, of course, understand and see Satan tempting and Eve being like, yeah, I don't know, seems fine. <laughs> like, I get that. I, res- I resonate with that. And... I don't mean to like laugh about it, but it's, it's also true. Like I feelings felt good and I don't think I really experienced a lot of the love and kindness that comes from knowing God when I was young. It just, I I didn't feel like the church really taught me how to do that or how to feel (laughs) like I, it wasn't like they were teaching me to have this relationship with Jesus. It was just, come do this, come do this. And maybe I just felt like they missed the mark a little now, but I just think there's, um, I I listened to some, someone said this to us actually when we were in Oregon. What if it's just a new an absolutely like new phase? It's a new phase within the churches. It's, it's, it's a new phase within I would say our collective awareness, you know, I, I think that's why couldn't it be a, a brand new level of understanding? Yeah. You know? And yeah. so it's, it's like, Oh man, the church has missed the mark on explaining the, the feeling, but they didn't know what they didn't maybe know. That wasn't their pursuit. Yeah. So maybe they, they were still, you know, they're they're still on their aim. You know, maybe it just wasn't it's wasn't a thing, and now it's a a new uh, like a cultural language about connecting with God. You know, I think there's uh, a lot of spiritual teachers out there that are doing similar things. 
um, public intellectuals. I'm, you know, I'm speaking on Jordan Peterson on that. You know, he's uh, absolutely tremendous, and I'd, he is for sure at the forefront with a, a handful of others that are really springboarding, springboarding um, new relationships with God. They might not admit that, but I truly believe that on a collective awareness level, paying attention to the players of the players of certain games and the, the followings that they carry and the messages that they're speaking. They're definitely on the pursuit for the individual and with a, a, a guiding with a guiding source and it's kind of like well it's in my my view it's God yeah and I think a lot of people are are coming to that understanding and coming to that realization and belief and I think they're experiencing it through feelings think there's I think there's an argument to be said that the Bible's not to be changed <laughs> but how people teach it definitely determines a relationship that person walks away with said God for sure and I think people have recognized or are recognizing or seeing that the, the connection is more of a feeling and people are, our senses are waking up to it. I think our yeah our senses are waking up to a divine presence that we just can't ignore. That's how I would try to describe it, you know. Of course, I I shared a big moment of mine. I I know where I come in on. I I could say God and Jesus like I I I truly feel like a hand on my shoulder if I'm if I'm in my lows or in even when I'm in my highs like on like the offering gratitude front like just remember all is grateful just be grateful and there's other things with that but um, I think I think our our, our culture is having it you know the churches are doing it new leaders are emerging <laughs> the the cultural the cultural pressure cooker is kind of like there right now mm. you know it's bubbling it's it's definitely bubbling the, the the pieces that are moving around right now are are tremendous and how things are changing is tremendous and you can see yeah i don't know a lot <laughs> I, d I don't know how to i don't know the words
yeah, it's really interesting to watch how a lot of people are going from this new age practices and ideas to being clearly convicted by Jesus and watching how that is shifting on social media and how that's playing out in relationships and conversations and the way that people are willing to communicate about something that used to feel incredibly taboo incredibly taboo and I think for me that's been an underbelly of a lot of my own like hiding from it you know it was I felt like I was always taught to be a good little quiet Christian and I was (laughs) and I didn't like that you know so I think then I had this like wanting to step out and be rebellious and empowered but then now watching kind of how that the humbleness has brought me back to a more quiet reserved but also paying attention and seeing when and I think this is sort of a call to Christians like when is it your time to say something or do something differently than how you've done and I think we we get to be the church with our voices and how we show up and how we speak and how we talk and articulate ourselves and I don't think Jesus was just like throwing daggers I don't think he just had a feeling and you know and said it I think he was very sure of what he was saying and what he was teaching and what he 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 knew that he was going to have to take responsibility for what he said. It's very clear in the Bible that God does that. He requires that of us. And the ones that are teaching are held even more accountable to that. And I think you're right that the, if you're not pointing people to Jesus, if you're not Let me back up. I believe that churches that are pointing you towards Jesus are going to continue. And the ones that don't are going to crumble. Crumble? The ones that are not teaching Jesus, I think, are. I, where, where's your ground to stand on? And I think God's going to make that known. And that's not me speaking from a human. I don't think they're going to crumble in, like, the physical. I'm saying in, in think about, try, like, putting yourself in God's shoes right now. If, if a church isn't teaching what the word is saying, what the scripture is saying, then isn't that deceit? Isn't that... The spirit of the Antichrist? No, that's heavy, but I'm just like, think about that. If Jesus is the truth, then what is the opposite of the truth? Not speaking Jesus, right? And so the ones that are, I think, especially now, going to be open to welcoming people where they are, which is trying to pick up the pieces 
I think <laughs> I think a lot of people have been in that. I think for two years we all just like all of our um like I, I'm having that like potter's vessel idea. <laughs> like we we just our lives kind of all went to shambles and we had to look at sort of all these pieces and things that were kind of holding us back and now Co- collectively collectively yeah and i think now yeah I was the say, churches that are about like a worldwide moment you know that i w- wanted to make sure that i was yeah. understanding that you were talking on like a collective level and okay. i yeah and i think collectively with that a lot of people are trying to find meaning and purpose and understanding through that and i think that allows the church now to step into that space but also the churches that are not not preaching about Jesus as the truth I think are gonna crumble I think there's always gonna be other say other religions but I think it's it, it's how what gets taught what's in the Bible how what's in the Bible gets brought across and how that individual embodies it in their world mm. that's what matters and are you being uh, transformed and if, and by and yeah by and, it, the and if word. that comes from the Mormons if that comes from Catholic, Baptist, Pentecost, like whatever lines that people want to draw, those are people drawing lines. Right. And again, there's arguments that it's uh, it's God drawing lines. Okay. Okay. But now we're not fighting about boxes anymore. We're tired of fighting about boxes. Uh, That's what our world is. It's Amazon boxes, our own boxes, what box, everything. Put me in a box. How many boxes can I be? A billion and a half? You get to be a billion and a half boxes. Check them. I can't even imagine the paperwork. Can't even imagine. That's why it's all online. (laughs) But how that embodies out in the world is what matters. And however that box shows up, if the the product of said message is led for the optimal good of individual, immediate surrounding, family, community, city, however you want to parse it. If, it. if it is driven with multiple layers of concern, well, I don't even want to say driven by concern. That's silly. But if the product of that, like if that's a good person that's coming out of that, I think it's how it's, it's I just think it's so silly that I'm trying I'm I'm working through this idea of how silly my human brain is to conceptualize the embodiment of God and how he chooses to manifest himself through every divine creature on <laughs> this planet and whatever religion they choose to believe because I and mine understand they have a divine light led, led by God you mm. know I 
but then there's there's so much other <laughs> that just like combats this thought but like i i really i really feel that mm. you know i really feel that that if if that if it manifests the best potential person for for this i i'm i'm not trying to be upset at it anymore because I think it, it caused too much like infighting and division between just like what we're going through here. For sure. You know, we're not. Yeah. And I, I want to just clarify what I was saying, too, because I don't I don't I may have misspoke. Like, I, I don't even I don't think I. What I'm what I want to say and what I want to try to say is that. I think for my own personal belief and experience. Jesus is the only thing that I'm sure of. Like, I stand on that verse of nobody comes through the Father except through me. Like, that verse is the only one that I'm very, very sure on. And so I think knowing that and being able to take what I've learned to its most simplified version you know, taking a sifter through all the sand and the muck and all the other things, that leaves Jesus. And there's a lot of interpretation that comes through the through the word and we're learning it. You know, we're we're here trying to learn it. But accepting Jesus for his sacrifice. Accepting him for his sacrifice is at its simplest. So I believe that I, I maybe totally spoke out of my ass about the church is crumbling. I, I don't know, but I do know that. I do know that. We have to learn to accept his sacrifice. He did that because he loves you. And you have to learn to accept that he did that for you. Hmm. Yeah. And I think the, now I think the, um, the breaking of bread and drinking the blood of Christ that is that is a symbol of that sacrifice so when you do that you're accepting it you're accepting him each time that has been that has been heavy on my heart because I grew up in the church the amount of times I've gone up and had sacrament is insane I didn't even know that was the word for it (laughs) that (laughs) <laughs> I didn't. I mean, that that's this. Again, I grew up in this environment. A l- I was there a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I didn't even have this language for someone that spent time there. And I don't feel like I understood that. I've had I've taken sacraments so many times now. And even now, it's like I'm just learning that I have to see that as an act. I have to see that as his as his sacrifice. 
So it's also having to like be able to be honest with myself enough to recognize that that happened. Yeah. I, I hate to cut, like to cut it off and shift it, but I think you have to experience a level of sacrifice to be able to even recognize what that, the weight of that, you know, because if you never experienced that, like if you, if what, what does the, what does the, well, that's not fair. I, d- I just, uh, I couldn't imagine the difficult task to be able to teach, like, children about sacrifice. Like, I wouldn't know how to do it. I'm not, I'm not good enough. But like, I think I'm not around kids enough to I know that. I think you're teaching sure acceptance. Like, that's, there are different levels and different languages and uh, how, how I would go about it. Sure. My, the way I would teach it I, is. I can only imagine there's much smarter people out here that have. No, I'm just no, I'm just not diminishing us, but saying that like they've developed a language to speak to kids about Jesus's sacrifice. Could is that fair to say that there's like programs out there for I'm emerging? I'm like sure young there kids? are. Yeah, I, I'm sure there are. I because you're right, missing missing. It almost became like a subconscious act, and I. W- yeah that definitely resonates with me on the i i get that like yeah you forget that you're like oh this is it's just that sacrifice that it's sacred it's it's meant to be this sacred moment and you're right it was so subconscious in my mind that i didn't even know what it really was or what it was representing or had lost its meaning lot because I didn't understand its depths of its meaning. And I think to, to talk about this with kids, like I've been trying to play with this idea of simplifying it, right? Trying to just, we, there's so much noise. There's just a lot of noise. At least that was my experience was like, just, I, I can't. I don't need all the paths. I want a simple path. I want to know and I want to feel good about it. Like, I just felt like I went down so many paths trying to find that. And it was just long and. Led you here. Led me here. So it was perfect. <laughs> but to to go back to, like, what I would say to a kid. And I think a kid from being born to, like, maybe. And I don't know. Like, it's going to depend on the children. But, like, maybe it's five. Maybe it's seven up to that age. It's like, Jesus loves me. That's all you need to know. There is a, there is a surety. There's a knowing. It goes back to this knowing. That's all a kid at that age needs to know. Jesus loves me. And I, that child, again, this coming from not being a mom, but also working with kids for a lot of years at a lot of different ages. Like they, they need to know that because when fear comes up or when things happen in life and they don't have something to to hold on to like it it their mental health it's already starting to be challenged right at a young age and so if we can teach 
Jesus loves me to a young child, that's that's their grounding rod, just like you were talking about. And that next age, I would say, is that the next question that would come up is, does Jesus love me? Or do I, sorry, do I love Jesus? Not does Jesus love me? Because now they know that, but they might now have this question of, do I love Jesus? Am I, am I willing to make that relationship a thing? And I think for me, I experienced that, like going to church camp or summer camp. It was like I was in this place of, okay, I know Jesus loves me. I know who he is a little bit to some degree. And now I'm ready to make that choice of do, do I love him? Does he love me? Is this a, are we in a relationship? And then I think that the next part of that is where doubt comes in. And so I think for me, I, I, I did have that surety. I did choose in this sex. So it went from surety to choice to then doubt. And once doubt was. Was it doubt of choice or was it doubt from like outside world outside. experience? D- outside, I it, think. It wasn't doubt of choice. It I was actually think it was my doubt that came from probably what I learned in the church about who I was now as a sinner. So that I think was if I can look back at my own life, if I, again, shake it down to its simplest roots, it was. I, I knew there was a surety, Jesus loved me, then I had a choice to decide, and then suddenly the outside world started to tell me who I was because of my beliefs about being a sinner and what sinning meant. And instead of, I, I felt like then I just kind of pushed off that word and just believe it didn't stick to me and and then I think I just kind of went down this whole spiral of thinking I was being a good person and probably was in some, ca- you know, I, I don't know our, what is good versus, I mean, I, <laughs> it's hard to know because I think God would say you weren't, you were being a sinner. And, and how different is you missed your mark. We need to readjust. We need to aim at something a little bit different. Yeah. We need to try our best. Make corrections. Say sorry. Go talk. Go spend time with Jesus talking about it. To here's fiery pits of hell, kid. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Actually, and you can never not even good luck. <laughs> you're already screwed. Like you're already not there. At 16 or 15 years old. And then like living in that. I was still going to church and stuff through high school and college. So just actually being a sinner. Then was it punishment? Did it feel like punishment I going think with it, that? I don't think it felt there? like punishment, but I do think there was like an uneasiness. And I actually feel this if, if it's been a long time since I've been in church or worship this would I would say before it's been a long time since we haven't now so I don't know if I would still feel it but prior to that if it had been a long time since I'd been in church I felt so convicted by Holy Spirit and in in the music that like I would just cry during every song it was just like like just a miserable mess and I think because it was the calling out of demons hmm got something in there that's coming out 
and that's God. You know, that that's that's the Holy Spirit working through that frequency and that noise, that thing you hear. And then it's calling into your depths, that rhythm that just like brings up whatever was in there that wasn't there before. And then it comes out of you. It comes out of your human. It comes out of your body in a form of tears, emotions, shaking, crying, mm-hmm. falling to your knees, praying. Hmm. Yeah. Praise, no, I never pra- thought of it like that. Praise before. music is powerful. Especially when you sing, because then you're saying it out loud. And I think there's a danger of those moments. Like I always felt so weak. But I think like weak in the sense that I also. I knew he was like speaking to my heart. And like being separate from that, of course. I was, I don't know if I was just aware of it subconsciously or what, but yeah, it was a, just a, that's interesting talking about it as demons. I guess I just never really. Yeah. And, and for me, I had now looking back at it, I would say I had a, a strong foundation as a child in my home, a family that also instilled like a sense of adventure and danger and, and all these things. When I would, when I would find myself in church, pre-baptism, and also like pre, pre-getting back into the Bible, like going to church because of funerals from other people, but like I wasn't really going. In in Nashville, I really experienced this where, oh excuse me, the my convictions that I would receive like in the praise music when the, that type of thing, that emotion was coming up on me, like where I would, my eyes would tear up or my throat would get clammy. You know, you'd have these physical responses to whatever you're feeling. It always came as like the corrective hand. Hmm. Like I, I remember my dad being like, I'm disappointed. And that was worse. I'd rather have him be mad. I'd rather have him be like irrationally mad because my dad irrationally mad wasn't I'd never seen him that way so I can say that but it always came as like I'm just disappointed you know letting my coach down that thing so like I would be getting that in church when I was there Uh, that feeling of like man I feel like I'm just letting I'm letting people down I'm letting something down I'm missing the mark Mm just missing the mark i'm not aiming correctly i'm not practicing enough i'm not getting serious and dedicated i'm not sacrificing time i'm not sacrificing energy to really get better at a skill that i'm i'm willing to cling to my fingertips of life free solo mountain climb and risk it all and put it right there i wasn't willing to pursue that and It felt like I just let them down. Mm. Pursuing something. Aim for the best. Mm. 
these climber dudes. They get me every time. My hands get clammy. It's all of my responses of fear are just like pinging. <laughs> you know? There's such bravery. I just, oh, yeah. I watched way too many, like, military movies as a kid, and all my military friends, like, that letter before we go. You know, that, that song, oh, that John Michael Montgomery song, Letters from Home. Like, I just pictured doing that, and then, like, that's where my stuff goes when I start panicking. I, I get letter from home syndrome. And I'm like, oh, I didn't clear my browser. You know, that kind of thing. Which is silly. Because <laughs> it should, instead of looking back, I should be looking up, looking forward. One, we've been really focused on being present. And I think that was also a lesson that needed to be learned. But also, presence and forward are different. And I think looking to the future is also looking to the unknown. And that feels incredibly scary. You know, like walking out in faith in the unknown and not knowing and having to trust and that that's where I feel like I'm just at right now. Like, so then what would your compass be? Because that sounds like sailing into the middle. That sounds like sailing into the middle of the ocean without a compass. You know, like aiming into the future is like staring into the unknown. You got to aim at something because the future like is here now and now and now. I right? don't know. So like, but God, heaven. Right? Like, wouldn't that be the, that's what you aim at into your future? And that's the thing that you aim at. And then that's what guides you into your future. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. Per pursue, pursue Jesus. Pursue that. Because that, that's, that's something that is. So is that going back to like missing the mark? Like if that's not where the focus is like and if you're focusing on human wins versus like godly wins like what is how different does that change your focus your viewpoint and also your direction like where because i i think i would say for the last year for sure i've been pursuing the things of man the the, the wins of business money greed all the all these things that come with that and I think having that as a compass if you're saying like that was my compass at that point right um now having a compass or a for sure for me I feel like I'm my eyes are on the Lord's Supper like I've told you that before I think that God has clearly given me that and that's where I, I anytime I need grounding I can go to that image as an image that stands out. Yeah. Um, because it, uh, it is something that I want to shoot for. You know what I mean? Like, don't we all? Don't we all want to go to the, the dinner or the um, 
Oh my gosh, I should know this. But in Revelations, they talk about bridegroom and preparing for a feast. And I'll find it. I might not find it today, but I'll find it for the next time. Um, but preparing for that and being ready for that or shooting for that. It's a very different aim. So, like, is that does that kind of come back to this idea of missing the mark? What? What is so? How to correlate that with missing the mark? Because I would shoot like the ability to be ready for the Last Supper at all times would be like hitting the mark. Right. So then, missing the mark would be looking towards manly desires vacation or yeah but i think you get to like i think they're i think it's both like i think in order to be able to desire of let's just say a vacation you know if you want to have that What if the money you have is a direct reflection of the amount of people you help? Then is is that vacation where some people live, they call it life, but right. because we don't live there, we call it vacation. <laughs> Does that make it any different? So then, like, don't ever stop pursuing the Lord? Right? I think that's fair to say. But you can pursue him and experience a life here that looks like vacation to others. But if you're pursuing the Lord and like you're right in your conscience with the Holy Spirit like that and that makes manifest out of you like who's what? Like mm. good on you, dude. I'm asking him how, <laughs> you know, I'm asking him how I'm not, I'm not upset. Solomon was showered with everything. Different time, a lot of different things said since then, you know, but I think it's, I don't know. To be, I don't. I haven't spent. I haven't spent enough time, and on what earth, like earthly. What's an earthly pursuit? Because now I'm just assuming that all of those pursu- any pursuit I follow now, is. in pursuit of the highest good of my my space my pursuit of God and doing my best to like stay there and always understand that I'm failing and tripping up and <laughs> with everything I do not letting that be okay but like trying to actually be better good knowing knowing I'm good 
but humbly accepting that someone else will judge later. Mm. Mm. I like that. So I wanted to just go back a little with, especially just what you said, um, and, and with the tree and with the verse we were reading about, um, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. I see that as God protecting us, you know, like not needing for us to know good and evil because it like think about it wasn't for us to know right then right and we made that choice eve made that choice by believing the deception and adam ate of that same apple that eve did and so us eating that apple I'm, st- I'm still wondering what like led him to say yes you know i'm wondering if it was like love mm. did he say yes because of love did he say yes because he always wanted to and that piece was also in him mm. to want to try did he say yes because he was swept up in an adventurous moment with woman for the first time and he's experiencing a rush because they're going into the midst and like he just got caught up in the moment and then like he crossed the line I don't know because like they all come from a I think they they well I don't want to say they all come from a different place but I mean what do they do, right? what does every old man say about his wife like whatever makes my wife happy we don't hang around the same old men. <laughs> well, they they <laughs> might say differently around. Speaking to all the the trades, the tradesmen. What? No, I'm. As I, a, as I, a, I, that's what I'm as saying. As a laughing like joke, we d- we don't say the th- same things about our wives in in different correct. cultures. Correct, but I, but that is also. I mean. I no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I lost my page. So the old husband tells his wife. Well, it's just everyone does. I just do. I do what makes my wife happy. Mm, is, yeah. the, is the line. I do what makes my wife happy. Which so is a g- which is a good advice. Which is really good advice. Except in but this case. Well. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Except in this case. Because, again, I think it goes back to, like, (laughs) I'm hesitant. Why do you get a little tongue-tied? I feel tongue-tied. But women, like, what is happy? (laughs) Are you happy? Am I happy? No, like I'm speaking to women in a broad sense. Are you happy? Like what is happiness? Does does that actually make you happy? The the eating of the apple and the, I'm just saying it from like a cuz you are one. From from like 
Yeah. I'm speaking from a woman's standpoint because I'm a woman. Because you are one. You're just wondering what's happy. Yeah. And, like, are you... Do you think you're happy? Are you happy? Do you believe that you're happy? What is happiness to you? What would make you happy? Those are so what many, are the, those are so many questions. Lo- I know. There's a lot. Take the one word and, like, dissect it. Because I think that there's there's so much that we are also expecting of our men to know when we don't even know anything about ourselves yet. And we have these high expectations for someone to do something for us in a certain way in a particular time and space exactly how we want it because we want to have control because if we don't have control, we don't feel like anything's going to go right. And if everything doesn't go right, then what, you know, it's like we, and we, your worst we nightmares can't come to life because of your over control abilities. It just doesn't get done. And then it's everything confirmed. And then the cycle begins again. Yeah. Cause you got a partner that doesn't get it half the time. Yeah. And the cycle More continues, the time, you know, the cycle continues and it's, it's having to break that cycle. And I think having a good hard look, like for me, I've, really having to be like what is happiness because i personally am just not experiencing (laughs) the feeling of it so you said happiness (laughs) and i (laughs) this is the it's like uh one of the paintings in (laughs) one of the pieces of like christian art that transcends through time right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you just go, what is happiness? And it's Eve spitting the apple out into God's hand. And everyone just standing there laughing and like him smiting the snake. You know what I mean? Just like, why'd you lie to human? You know? But she spits the apple out with like a smile, like a smirk. Okay. <laughs> and that's okay. the spiritual trickster. You know, you gotta, what would the other, what would the other side of the story be if she was like, sorry, <laughs> like spit it out. I didn't mean to. You know? Yeah. But also, like, there was one line that we didn't catch on that's really important. Oh, and man. it does. It speaks to... But that didn't happen, and God was really that upset. That didn't happen. No. Yeah. But what Eve... Do- okay, so let's keep going, because there's a few notes that I do want that are good. Dang, getting um, okay. jazzy hands. Okay, what was the... Okay, so this is Genesis 3... Thirteen, It says, Then the Lord said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me. What a typical women's answer. Like such a such a response from a woman. The serpent deceived me. And that is me. I was like, this is the prayer I've been praying to God for like the last six months. Like, oh my gosh, the serpent deceived me. <laughs> oh my God. But like, what else does it say? What does that line say? Not taking ownership. Eve not taking any ownership of the fact that she bit the apple. So, yes. Both are correct right she didn't take ownership and also satan deceived her deceit that is what he does so instead of eve taking ownership she blames satan she blames satan for what she did wrong Mm. 
choice. We always have choice. And we either have to take ownership or be deceived or by be the devil. Deceived. Wow. <laughs> so calling out Eve. Hello, I am Eve. <laughs> but we get to relate to these stories Ooh, and that apple is apple eater. <laughs> Just saying, things have been rough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very sorry about that. But it's true. I mean, this is just like this is the lived experience that I feel that I have. I, I, I was searching for info, searching for knowledge, and, and was very, very deceived by the devil in many ways. Absolutely. I can see that deception now. I can, I can see it. I can experience it. I can feel it. And also, I still have to have a choice and have a conversation with God about that. Because do I want to show up to God as Satan deceived me? Or do I want to show up to God as I made a mistake? Humbly. I made a mistake. And I didn't listen to what you asked of me. And that takes ownership. And taking ownership is very, very challenging, especially for us of the female trait. It's really hard. It's really hard to be wrong. It's really hard to own up to the fact that you are wrong or you've been wrong or you've stayed wrong. And I think that there's something that we can learn here. A big a big thing that we can learn here. Nice part is we're wrong over here too. You know? Yes. We we, we stay wrong. I stay we, wrong. We 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 stay wrong. So there's our common ground. And now we can find our mark. We can aim together. You know, and if somebody doesn't follow through, then we sin together. And then you take ownership of that and then course correct. Yeah. And just sort it out. And I think we also mean, well, I definitely think there's more language that needs to be said, not just course correct, because we have to repent and course correct. Yeah. And that word repent is like also going to sway so many people away because that word is really harsh and we've talked about this in bible study of like how do you how do we how can we change that we can't we can't but that word is really really important we have to repent meaning you have to take ownership of what you did how far you fell what choices you made all of it all of it each one individually like stay repenting because we are imperfect humans like we are we do get it wrong literally all the time our hearts tell us one thing our minds say one thing our hearts say another thing we do the wrong thing like we come to god but 
Yes, we course correct. And that's what we would have taught before is course correct. But you have to repent of these experiences and of these stories and beliefs that you've had of like, sorry, I didn't believe you. Sorry, I didn't trust you. Like, and actually mean that from your heart and God's going to know your heart. I don't, I can only tell you what I've learned. Don't just say it. Mean it. Mean it with all of your heart. Because he knows. You ain't fooling God. And like with that also comes honesty. Like allow yourself to be honest with him. Because that was something I didn't feel like I understood from growing up in the church. Was not that I could be honest with him. And that I could speak honestly and, and make mistakes. Because I do make mistakes. And I don't know all the time. And I, and I say things that are totally wrong. It's, which is why both of us have to be here. Is like we have to check each other as well. And also we're still going to mess up. We still are. Yeah, we're just trying to learn and trying to understand. And mm-hmm. pick, thi- pick things apart from what we've understood about ourselves. And other people's emotions. It's exciting to learn this way, to learn across from another person and look them in the face and, and work through some ideas that are, are challenging and trying and w- making mistakes and being able to understand them and, you know, and, and develop a, yeah, just develop. It, it's incredible. There's one more thing I wanted to share because I think it's really important and also the experience that we had in our marriage and in our life. And for some reason, I can't find the actual verse number, but right now we're in like Genesis 3, I don't know, between 1 and 15 somewhere. But um, the word is animity. It says God will, um, can you find it somewhere? Can you help me find it in here? Talk so the the definition of anonymity. How do I say this? Anonymity. Anonymity. Deep seated, often mutual hatred. Okay, so three fifteen says uh, Genesis three fifteen says I will put anonymity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So, anonymity meaning deep-seated, often mutual hatred. <laughs> A state of being hostile, ill-willed, variance, or discord. Is that a word that you would use <laughs> to describe our marriage before? Not until now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the word we were looking for, huh? Careful. I'm going to be tossing around. Anonymity. <laughs> I feel it. When I read that this morning, I... That... Yep. That is the feeling. We... Me. I will speak for myself. Me. But also the word anonymity kind of speaks to both of us. Deep-seated, often mutual hatred. Like, 
there was a lot there was a lot of emotion in that for us and I think being able to be on this side of the cross and read something like that and witness how far we have come how much God has worked in our hearts and truly in our relationship and if you've known us for a long time you've probably been witness to that as well we haven't gotten it right and in fact or we did it wrong completely we like literally did it textbook wrong (laughs) textbook and that allows us to be able to laugh about it now and and find the spiritual trickster and the humor in God's grace and mercy that have come from our our screw-ups and our mess-ups. Um, and I just wanted to share that. Which abound. <laughs> because, yeah. And then there's one more thing. Um, they all serve a beautiful purpose, though. Yes. And the last part of that, 321 says, The Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin and clothed them. So... Even after all of that, the Lord still provided a gift for them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. It, but <laughs> <laughs> but the, you're the, laughing, so uh, you well, don't. Well, I am laughing <laughs> Tell me. because, like, we, we were listening to a talk on, on Genesis today. And Eve eating that apple and, and this entire experience that you're talking about, and I, I wrote it down and you know i'm going to quote him again jordan peterson said to become self-aware is to awake into a nightmare and that's what you experience through genesis if if you if you recognize that eve eating the apple was like a paul moment mm. reincarnated like <laughs> it it was paul well it was eve that ate the apple and the scales fell off her eyes Right, Paul sees Jesus in the desert, and it blinds him. And then the scales fall off of his eyes, and Paul's completely new after completing, like having a life of just absolute treachery. You know, it, it's it's absolutely mind blowing to me. I can't read that. So, um, it, like I, f- I just I can't. Um, so yeah. Paul talks about um, making crooked paths. Why, why must you make God's straight path crooked? And, I, and that's how I see this experience of Eve, Eve going down this other path much longer, right? Taking, taking them on this too long of a detour away from God. And, and then Paul speaking to this, like, why must you make God straight crooked? Because they don't need to, like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what <laughs> else to say, but I just love that. Well, it, I love that so much. Eve doing that, it, it, she got to experience evil for the first time. You know, that was the original sin. And, you know, it, 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 that's, to become self-aware is to awake into a nightmare. There's absolute chaos around you when you see things for the first time. 
Like that's how he described it. Like that's that's tremendous to wake up wake up into to chaos. When my alarm on my phone goes off and I like jet out of sleep, I'm like ah, it my my world is crazy. When people would bang on the van, mm. you know, or if things would hit the van as we were sleeping at night or we were sleeping in the in a place that def- definitely wasn't like maximizing our safety. You know, that that waking up into like a chaotic moment. That's it's a wild day. Oh yeah. You know, it it sets a really tremendous tone. So yeah, I Well, and yeah, he also I said that you're sacrificing an idea that you hold dear. So the the idea that you're waking up to self-awareness, you're you're having this experience to experience your emotions or something that you hold dear. I I hold this thought that I have dear and preciously because it's my thought and it's something that I had. So anytime that you're willing to recorrect a thought, you are sacrificing an idea that you hold dear to yourself. And Jordan Peterson says that that, that, that makes um, God approves sacrifices, especially if they are of the proper kind, meaning if that idea that you hold dear is changed by your ability or willingness to listen and hear someone else who maybe knows better than you, or might know something something you don't, you know. don't right right that sacrifice of being able to pu- to put your idea aside puts you back into chaos again we like our thoughts because we like order we want them to be how they are but if if someone tells us something that's new to us and we're willing to listen and and hear what that is we also allow ourselves to to open up to chaos and a dream how did you say it um the dream however you just said it um that allows us then to be reborn into the new version of you that has been shifted and changed from something that you have allowed yourself to grow into or out of Right, 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 right. Hmm. Man. Wow. Powerful Genesis lecture this morning. Whoo! Right? I know. We talked a lot. Let's marinate on this guy. Yeah. A lot of stuff. We love you guys. Absolutely love everyone. Smell you later. <laughs> hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Us First That podcast. If you want to support our work and future endeavors, head over to www.patreon.com slash us first that. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>